Hi everyone, welcome back to Life is Love School. My name is Yumei Chang. Today we're going to talk about guilt tripping. Specifically, how do you deal with guilt tripping? Guilt tripping is a manipulation technique that people like to use if they're unwilling to communicate what they want from you directly. So it's considered a passive aggressive form of manipulation and note the use of the word aggressive. So guilt trippers want you to feel bad for them. They might say, well, you know, remember all the times I did this and that for you, or how could you be so ungrateful? How could you be so uncaring if you try to set boundaries with them? So they tuck at your heartstring to try to make you feel bad for them so that you would cave. So they're using guilt literally to squeeze you. The dynamic is kind of interesting because if you realize what's actually going on is that they are actually the aggressor. So they're trying to force you to do something for them. But instead of coming right out and just telling you that this is what they want from you, they pretend to be the victim. They're crying, poor me. And if you say no, then they put you in the position of the bad guy. And what makes it more difficult is a lot of times that people who are watching it from the outside might not understand what's actually going on. And they actually might even fall for the guilt tripper's story. And they would come to the guilt tripper's rescue and then try to get you to conform or to do whatever the guilt tripper wants you to do. So it's a particularly tricky dynamics. And I wanted to bring this out right now because the holiday seasons, a lot of times it's time for us to go see our family and not every family member is healthy. And a lot of times parents, especially some of them are known to use guilt trips to get stuff out of their children. A lot of times it's more time, more attention, etc. So Guilt tripping can be especially troublesome and it, I know it stresses out a lot of you guys. So I think this will come at a good time. If you are new to this channel, please like and subscribe so that you'll get future notifications. It also helps our message reach more people who need to hear this message. Now, guilt tripping is hard to deal with because it always feels like a no-win situation. Let's say that you have a parent who expects you to visit them every weekend but you have new jobs, you are married, you have kids, you have other obligations, maybe your own health issues that you have to deal with. So spending half a day, a whole day with your parent is simply not sustainable. But when you say no, they come back and they say, well, how could you be so ungrateful? Remember all the sacrifices I did for you. I'm only asking you to spend a day with me. And if you're raised by people who blame you for things that are actually not your fault, then you might not actually understand the difference between healthy guilt and toxic guilt. Healthy guilt is when you actually did something to hurt somebody. So the simplest example might be you accidentally cut somebody off or you stepped on somebody's toes. You feel guilty and that's a good thing because it's telling you that you did something wrong. It's time to apologize. It's time to make amends. Toxic guilt is when you actually did nothing wrong, but people put the blame on you anyways. A toxic guilt would be somebody else making you feel responsible for their feelings, such as this particular parent who wants you to visit them every weekend. Instead of them owning their responsibility for making friends, for building their own social life, for having a hobby, they put it all on you, that it is your responsibility to make sure that they're not bored, that they're not lonely, that they have somebody to talk to. And that is simply not fair. Also, when you think about it, if you actually acquiesce and agree 
to meet them every weekend. That demotivates them from actually forming their own social circle. So unless you can keep this up for the rest of your life, this is not going to be a sustainable solution. And you're actually preventing them from doing the work necessary to build their own social network. So it's actually not helping them, even though you may feel like you're temporarily making them feel better. Note that it's just temporary. The longer term solution is that this parent needs to have their own life. They cannot put all their emotional support needs on you. And that's simply not fair because you have your own life as well. So like I mentioned, the reason that it's so hard a lot of times, especially if you're a survivor of abuse, is that you are used to taking blame for things that are not your fault. So I always refer to clients in my group, in a tribe membership group, to please look at a graph called the circle of control to understand what is and what is not in your control. So what is in your control? Things that are in your control are how you think, how you feel, your attitude, what you say, what you do, right? Those are completely in your control. How other people think, how they feel, what they choose to say and do, that is not in your control. So yes, sometimes when you refuse to do something that other people want, you may disappoint them. But oftentimes it's better to disappoint other people than to say yes when you don't want to. And then you hold resentment towards them, which actually in the long term is worse for the relationship. Now, a lot of times it's also hard, especially for us to say no, if the person we're saying no to is an elderly parent, because society oftentimes have an expectation that we always say yes to our parents. However, what these people do not understand is that it's oftentimes not reasonable. There is good reason if a survivor feels a need to cut off a person, especially if it's a parent. I have never come across a person who did so with a light heart without giving it a lot of consideration and who has not tried to make the relationship work. But sometimes people are simply too toxic and life is too short. You can't change another person. If a parent is abusive, some of them are physically violent, some of them are sexually abusive, oftentimes the best solution is to walk away. There is simply no way to bridge that gap, regardless of how good you are at setting boundaries. Now, when it comes to dealing with people that are trying to guilt trip you, the most important thing, and I'll give you three tips. The most important tip, tip number one, is to spot it. If you don't spot it for what it is and understand that it's a form of control, it's a form of bullying, and it's a form of manipulation, then what happens is you're just going to fall for it. You're going to feel bad and you're going to react out of that feeling of guilt and you're going to drop their boundaries and you're going to do what they want you to do. And that's not optimal. So you really want to be able to recognize what they're doing, why they're trying to tug at your heartstrings, why they're trying to make you feel bad. And you should call it out internally to say this is happening and this is guilt tripping. So calling it out, spotting it for what it is, is step number one. Step number two is that you should communicate to the person who's trying to guilt trip you that you see it. You don't have to say, hey, you know, stop guilt tripping me. But tell them that you understand how important it is, for example, that they wish to see you, that you empathize with the fact that they may feel very lonely. But 
that also you don't appreciate what they're trying to do, which is to guilt you into doing what they want you to do. And that explains to them that when they guilt trip you to do something that you don't want to do, even if you do it, you will feel resentful towards them. And in the long run, it will hurt the relationship and that you're afraid that it will eventually take a toll. So ask them instead to express what they want to you directly. So maybe model for them how you would make that request. For example, to the parent who wants you to go see them every weekend, you can say, um, if I were you, this is how I would say it, right? I would love to see you as often as possible. Would you come and visit me on the weekend? And you can also let them know that just because they ask directly doesn't guarantee that you're going to say no. And in this case, because you have a lot of things going on, you're going to tell them that it's not possible for you to come visit them every weekend, even though you really do like spending time with them, or even if you do understand that they have these needs. And then maybe you can make some suggestions as in solution solving. How can we make sure that you have a better weekend? What are the things that they can do? So that's actually step number three, is you put the responsibility back to where it belongs. So instead of trying to feel like you're the only person who can solve the problem for them, empower them, remind them that they can solve their own problems. So in this case, it might be, you know, mom or dad, uh, consider joining a meetup, meet some people who shares your hobby, whether that's, you know, raising dogs or knitting or bike rides, etc. You can make suggestions. Obviously, you can't change them, but you can help them by being a brainstorming person for them to drum up ideas. So you remind them that they have agency, that they can help themselves. Now, I hope these points are helpful, but at the end of the day, it's really important for you to remember that boundary setting is not easy, especially when you're starting. When you're starting, people are not used to you saying no. And they realize, well, they figure that you always said yes. So if they guilt trip you, if they make you feel bad, you'll probably revert to your old ways. And many of us have, and that's completely expected because nobody is good at setting boundaries when we just start. We just get better with practice. And part of that practice is being okay with that kind of feeling guilty, even though we know we shouldn't feel guilty, we don't need to feel guilty, we didn't actually do something wrong, to learn to sit with that feeling, but do it anyways, because you know that setting boundaries is good for you, it's also good for the other person. So they cut their dependency, the unhealthy dependency on you. And note that every time you hold on to your boundaries, it's sending yet another signal to the other person that you are serious about boundaries, that you have serious self-love, etc. And they're less likely in the future to try again. Whereas if you set boundaries and you repeatedly drop your boundaries, then they are kind of like shark that smells blood. They can sense the weakness and they would keep guilt tripping you because they know it works. If you cave in to people's unreasonable demands, they don't actually like you more. They don't even respect you more. They just start to take you for granted more. So that is not a good path to go down. So I hope you find today's information helpful. As always, give yourself a lot of self-love because you are trying. And if you try and fail, that's expected. Pick yourself back up, review what went well, what didn't, and do it again and try to do it better every time. And that's all that we can hope for. 
life is a learning process. And that's why I call this life is love school because we are constantly learning how to love ourselves and how to love other people better. And that's what makes life fun and also challenging at the same time. If you find the content helpful, please check out the show notes. I have several resources, including a free newsletter so that you can get useful tips like this, as well as survivor support groups that you could join and more articles and other resources that can help you learn how to spot abuse, how to shore up your self-esteem, how to have better relationship communications, etc. So until next time, I hope you have a wonderful week and a great holiday.